Okay, so this is me talking about uh, some of the stuff sci-fi-wise I've watched in the last few weeks. Uh, it's a few minutes of my time here while I'm on lunch. I forgot I go over some things and just uh, get used to doing this podcast. <clears throat> so the first thing I want to talk about is I watched the Men in Black International soft reboot sequel, if you will. And I can see why a lot of people weren't pleased with the overall film. I think they were trying to do something clever with the whole uh, idea of making the Liam Neeson character the villain, but it seemed too telegraphed from the way they sent the Tessa Thompson character to London just out of the blue. I mean, why would you send this really green agent to a whole nother part of the world where she has no connections or understanding of that culture, let alone acclimating to being a MIB agent. Um, and then the whole switcheroo of, I did like the idea that uh, the quote unquote battle was lost and that it was actually a, a grand illusion that uh, they actually defeated the villain. Uh, that was very interesting. That was probably the most interesting thing they did in that film, but they kind of telegraphed it uh, that that was what happened way early in the movie. I mean, they you can see they threw a lot of money at it just getting the, the principal actors involved. Show that. But I don't know what's going on at Sony that they're kind of, I don't know, tripping over their own feet. If it doesn't have Spider-Man and Marvel involved, they don't seem to be able to get their uh, get their act together. Um, speaking of Sony, I watched also the Venom movie, <clears throat> and that was interesting. It wasn't as painful as I thought it'd be. The director did a good job of kind of keeping the narrative moving forward, um, but the justification for the Venom symbiote to stay on Earth really wasn't presented in a meaningful way to me. Um, Tom Hardy pretty much saved that movie. He was the only reason really to watch that film. Uh, Michelle Williams was very good too, but you can just felt miscast. Like this was maybe something she did to fulfill a contract or for the obligation outside of, you know, being an actor. The uh, villain was, you know, obviously going to end up with the symbiote also at the big fight, blah, blah, blah. Now, I was collecting Spider-Man comics when Venom first appeared and through various external things, stopped purchasing the book right around the time Carnage started getting big and just before the Maximum Carnage, a uh, big mini crossover that they did. So I wasn't privy to everything post-Carnage, uh, like the additional symbiotes and the it having additional offspring and all this and then I know they did a um, thing where one point Flash Thompson had the Venom symbiote and he was sort of this super agent even off in the space at some point so I know in the comics they bounced around with the symbiote with different hosts and different concepts of being an anti-hero and then being an outright hero and showing that their that symbiote isn't the bad one these other ones are far worse kind of shifting the scales but um, it's kind of a uh, one of the things they did do, which was smart, was kind of trim a lot of the fat and get the kind of establishment of the symbiote, quote unquote, culture or population 
uh, established that it wasn't all just one big goo. They were individuals of sorts. Um, the fight scenes were nicely brutal. I didn't have a big problem with the CGI ending as much as some folks. I mean, there are some sections where you're just like, what? But it wasn't completely incomprehensible. Uh, a flick I really did enjoy that I saw, which kind of went on the radar, was Upgrade. It's a nice, dark little film, uh, very interesting, and it has a very nice steampunk kind of aesthetic to it with the way people are altered and especially the the the, um, the bad guys that chase the hero through most of the story have uh, very steampunky kind of cyber implants, very much in line with uh, stuff from the game and uh, a lot of the uh, literature that's out there. I uh, really like the ending too. It really gave you this kind of like, oh, it's they're actually going to be brave enough and do this ending, okay? And um, it reminded me of Ex Machina in that regard, where it gave you this kind of, oh no no, this isn't going to end with the a sweet little bow and everybody's happy at the end. This is definitely going to end with a lot of unhappy people, and that's definitely what happened. But uh, it'd be interesting if they try to expand on that world and do something additional with it. Um, or they could just leave it as is because it's fine as a film on its own. But it would be interesting if they come up with a good enough idea to expand it out more. Um, so let's see. I went over Venom, Men in Black, Upgrade, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. I liked. I wasn't in love with it. I don't know if it's just a post-in-game high or post-in-game let down or something the movie seemed fine i didn't enjoy it as much as uh homecoming uh one of the reasons that's like michael keaton was incredible in that um and dylan hall was fine as max as um mysterio he uh and they even gave you like a really good sense of especially with modern technology what a person like mysterio could do and even giving themselves a soft retcon and establishing that, yeah, the tech, the tech does exist in this world. We've seen it already, a la Civil War, but now it's um, in the hands of somebody who's completely immoral and looking to profit from it. And the the best part of the movie is the little sting at the end with J. Jonah Jameson reappearing, played by the only person who could probably ever play J. Jonah Jameson now. And... Um, He's uh, giving, you know, Mysterio gave one little last dagger before he died. You know, his last breath, you know, he spits at him kind of thing. A very Noonien Khan. Um, so it's interesting to see where they're, what they're building towards with these, quote, next phases. Because from where Nick Fury is with the scrolls, and now Spider-Man's been outed, uh, the Avengers are least defunct for the time being um and then we're gonna have a very interesting thor sequel of sorts and who knows what guardians 3 is going to be about i mean we've got titles and concepts and you know an inkling of things like with the eternals and the doctor strange sequel but really what they're building towards at least for this stage isn't really sure because you know with Infinity with the Infinity Saga you had kind of 
not directly, not a straight line, but a definite direction that they were going in to get to the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos and the confrontation. Now in the aftermath of that, you've got all these different characters established who can go in multiple directions. Not just through Disney+, Plus, but also through feature films. So, with that being the case, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. And hopefully, fatigue won't set in with the uh, sort of Marvel brand as you have a lot of folks within the movie industry for various reasons are not as excited as the audience is for Marvel being as successful as they are for multiple reasons some artistic some financial some just you know out of competition but we'll see if you know it goes the other way anytime soon because it is uh, a juggernaut at this point I mean the only thing I could think of that was similar to this kind of universal claim for so long was when Pixar first uh, came onto the scene and kind of branded themselves, you know, as this kind of new thing. And even though they did have a couple of missteps, they more or less plateaued. They haven't really had like this, this crushing failure of like just a movie that just didn't do any money. Uh, I think Good Dinosaur might be the closest thing to like just uh, a massive bomb for them. And I'm not sure what the numbers were on Good Dinosaur. It may have still made its money, just not a big, you know, boatloads and boatloads of money like a toy anything with Toy Story in the title um beyond that let's see those are the only like sci-fi fantasy stuff as far as films that I recall I've watched I'm in the midst of reading a few comics now I'm actually going back through the Hellboy comics and rereading those through Comicsology, and I uh, just really vibing on that and really enjoying those um uh, and really forgetting how good Mignola is at making those books really interesting. I mean, it's not, you know, very heady, but the mood he sets with his art and style and design of the characters is really uh, very unique. He's really hitting on all cylinders there. When I, the first book of his outside of Hellboy, I remember really liking was the adaptation he did for Topps Comics for Dracula, which has some excellent work in there. I mean, the, the the design work, I liked it better than the movie for a long time. Um, the movie, I've gotten to like a lot better as I've gotten older, but the comic, I really, really enjoyed. It really caught the energy and the tone of that story and really produced an, an excellent adaptation. You rarely even get comic adaptations anymore, so that was probably one of the last few that was actually well, well made as much as, you know, over uh, 30 years ago now at this point um but back to Hellboy yeah the um, book's really really enjoyable um the other books I'm reading currently is uh the saga uh Brian K. Vaughn saga and that's uh the last two volumes have come out and I've got to pick those up and that book's really really enjoyable the the the, the massive amount of characters the, the strangeness of the worlds and just the surreal nature of the story, but it's very much uh, at its core, it's sort of this little girl and her parents, and even when she's separated from them, how she's able to survive with her grandmother, and how they're <clears throat> able to try, you know, in their active search to find her. Um, it's it's just really well done. It's one of those books, just like K- Kayvon's uh, Why the Last Man, where you like, <clears throat> 
where you would think, oh my goodness, who is, why isn't this a television show? This should be someone's television series right now. As much as we've got all these streaming platforms and all these different outlets now, beyond the three networks or even, you know, basic and pay cable, this show could be done in a heartbeat now. But it still hasn't happened for even why, why the last man that's been up in the air for 20 years so who knows if that'll get made let alone if a saga will get created into a series but it still exists as a comic so just got to be happy with that um the only other books i'm really looking at are a few indie books here and there but yeah that's about it for books um and movies i already just went over uh, as far as sci-fi television, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and binge anything just due to all the pandemic stuff going on. I'm considered, my company's considered an essential service, so we're, I'm still going to work every day. So that's kind of uh, reduced my attempts to even watch anything that's uh, slightly sci-fi based as far as a series. But I'll try to get something together. I'm thinking of possibly starting The Expanse. Um, I got a I saw an overview online that I really liked and it gave a good idea of what the political dynamics are and I found it intriguing so it's definitely something I'm looking to do and it's a new series so I'm looking to get attached to a new series versus watching reruns of series I've already watched at least once or twice like Firefly and Battlestar Galactica but but um yeah the the uh, Expanse show looks pretty good uh, I did watch The Boys when it premiered that first season, and this is one of the rare cases where the series, I believe, surpasses the comic, uh, definitely. Uh, the comic was sort of done, felt like it was done in this sort of idiot glee of being like so rambunctious and perverse and gross that, you know, it was just like, you know, the, the sort of glee of watch me kick this puppy and watch me draw how graphic my foot is when it goes through this puppy I just kicked and splatters into a thousand pieces um, the show does have that it's surprising that Seth and Evan Seth, Ev Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have a hand in it because they're known for kind of there's kind of crude humor and they actually pulled a lot of that back uh, at least from direct adaptations of the comics there are still some harsh moments one including one directly from the comic when the uh, protagonist's girlfriend is killed by the uh, by a train, um, but there's a sequence later that I'm pretty sure it's not in the book involving a train's sort of on again off again side piece where she's being sexually pleasured and and sitting on the guy's face she actually crushes this dude's skull. But they do it in such a way that you know you see it in your mind more than actual on on screen, which makes it even more horrifying. But um. Yeah, the actor who plays Homelander is doing an excellent, excellent job. Keith Urban, or Keith Urban, Carl Urban, is, uh, is, he's like, you know, he's this guy who's just in everything sci-fi. Him and Rosario Dawson seem to have the best sci-fi street cred right now going on with all the franchises and sci-fi things they've been a part of. And he's doing a great job on the show. Um, the uh, Maeve, the actress who does Maeve, she's really good too. Um, the overall casting was really good. I mean, the entire casting is solid, top to bottom. Even Simon Pegg's cameo, which is kind of a 
wink and a nod to his to the character in the comic uh, being in there is really cool. Him being the big the big geek that he is. Um, but overall, yeah, the ending is different than the comics ending for sure. And uh, so it's with them kind of taking it on a different course. Hopefully, it'll stay interesting and not kind of do what Happy did, where they went the first season very similar to the book, but then kind of had no framework for a second season and kind of just lost its way. And um, since they're purposely going against the comic at the beginning of their first season, maybe they built a different framework immediately with an idea of a different destinations than the comic went to. So we'll see. I mean, the comic was so so uh, so graphic that it actually got uh, had to switch publishers because the yeah, first publishing company uh, just could not deal with the uh, the nature of the content, which it is what it is, I guess. But I mean, I've read the first book, not a fan. I do like that the comic did give you a bit more of the world, where the shows that only kind of speaks to some of the stuff where the comic was able to show you obviously for various reasons be uh time considerations budget what have you but hopefully in the second season they'll kind of bring more of that outer world into the uh mainstream of the of the show um so let's see i've been going about yeah, not quite 10 minutes or not quite 20 minutes i should say and it's getting close to the end of my lunch break here so i'll wrap this up here um hopefully I'll have something to talk about in the next couple of days, and I'll post something uh, accordingly. And uh, so, anybody who's listening, I appreciate you listening. And if uh, everything nice to say, please provide feedback on the platform that you're hearing this on. If not, um, any uh, critiques would be helpful as well. I know this is very rough because this is the first. It's the first time I'm doing this in a kind of organized manner, so uh, I do understand that it may be a little herky jerky. As far as the audio goes and the audio quality may not be the best because I'm in my car but um, so slowly building to something here and I hope that this being one of the first steps that I take to do it I'll uh, eventually get to a point where this will just be one of many instead of like the second of so I uh, thank you for listening and you everyone have a pleasant day who's uh, stayed stuck around as long as they have